0: You're listening to episode 115 of the Comics Pals. We're a group of comic book journalists and friends who record a podcast together because we don't talk enough about comics in our daily lives.
1: Order! 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 We will have silence in the Peace Accords, for they are now in session. New year, new us. These are the first ever Comics Pals Peace Accords. As these Peace Accords unveil, Pete and I... Phil will become allies in twenty nineteen. After a tumultuous twenty eighteen.
2: I think you said the Pete Accords.
1: <laughs> <laughs> More mean... or less. And this year I can no longer make fun of the Olive Garden. I can no longer make fun of him being an expert on the East. I can no longer make fun of him.
0: Thank you. Uh...
2: Oh yeah, quiet twenty nineteen then. <laughs>
3: Yes, I know. As all you listeners have been been waiting, you know, there will be peace between our two nations for the first time in the history of this podcast.
1: Yeah, and according to this legally binding document that I have in front of me, I have to support Pete in everything. And here
4: comes Marco, the representative of Smut and Hentai, to shit on this accord.
0: (laughs) What is going on? Oh, my God. You shall continue to feud. Okay, oh, all right. This is the episode where it
3: goes off the rails. Everybody
0: dude. calm all the way down. The accordance
1: destroyed So what
0: you guys don't know is that before the show started we uh we had a, a laughing fit over some things, and uh that that energy is being carried into the episode. Uh so that's why, you know, Marco was talking about That's why
1: Marco's talking.
0: <laughs> <laughs> that's a good point
1: maybe i'm gonna dunk on marco this year i don't know we'll find out together
0: (laughs) so we finally joined you all in 2019 and we're happy to be here it's uh it's a decent year so far well um okay fair enough maybe not i mean
2: (laughs) i I mean here we are so can't be that good
0: well that's true and uh we've got lots to talk about actually because it's been an eventful time in the new year already uh But, before we get into all that good stuff, I do want to let you guys know where you can find us on the web. We are on SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, all those podcast hosting platforms that you know and love. Show us support over there, uh, which you guys have been doing very much lately, so thank you for that. Uh, We are at the Pals wherever your social media is sold. You can write to us at TheComicsPals at gmail.com. And last but not least, if you're watching this on YouTube, thank you very much. Uh, Make sure to drop us a comment. Share the video with your friends, leave us a like, and last but certainly not least, subscribe to our channel. All those things are free to do, and they help us out a lot more than they cost you. And you might just have some fun engaging with us. Uh, So... Too much fun? Mm, You can never have
1: too much fun unless you're Kale and you're repressed by your culture and religion.
0: Damn. That got real,
3: really quick. (laughs)
2: I t- I don't have a <clears throat> I don't have a retort to that because it's true. <laughs>
0: that's very sad. Uh, so something else that's sad is uh, over the the past weekend we finally did it. We sat down ew. with the long box. Uh, Whoa. Well,
1: I, I yes. need to leave now.
0: We sat down with the long box. We sat down with Tyler and Matt. I feel dirty. And we, you know, we smashed.
3: Oh, God, I'm oh out of here. Oh, my God. Uh, we did?
0: I, I had okay, no guys. Part we played Sma- Super Smash Brothers Ultimate. Let's okay, everybody okay. calm down. All right.
3: Wow. God, okay. That's much better.
0: There was a lot of talk, right, back and forth on the podcast. Uh, they had a lot of things to say. We had a lot of things to say. But when we sat down... You know, the talk was over. What happened? And we played. Uh, so what happened? I think what happened is what everybody on the planet Earth expected to happen. I destroyed Matt. We had a best of seven. I beat him 4-0. <laughs> Whoa!
3: Woo! Hell yeah. My man. Uh, I know. it was.
0: Yeah. Go ahead, Pete.
3: I mean, what's there to say? I, you demolished the poor kid. It's like it wasn't even. I mean, I knew it. I knew it was going to happen going into it. But it was like when you watch one of those nature shows, you know, about like predator and prey and you're like, you know, I know that I have to watch this this gross little deer who likes hentai get killed by the the just majestic ass lion, but I, that doesn't mean that you want to watch it, but in this case you do want to watch it cuz that pervert little gazelle is Matt Murphy and I watched him get just 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 torn apart. Just torn apart, really. You, you, you know, listeners, how perverted
1: gazelles are. <laughs> <laughs>
2: fucking the horny the horniest animal out there.
1: <laughs> next, to,
2: <laughs> next to Matt. That was
0: well said, Pete. And Wait, uh, Sean,
1: can you give us a yeah. little rundown of uh, what characters were used each time? I, I want to know. No,
0: sure, you have to go uh, watch the video. That's a good point. Um, yeah, we're already I mean, spoiling, to, you're spoiling the whole thing. God, I just to be to be completely honest, uh, <laughs> it's a bit of a bloodbath, and uh, even though we've given away the results of the the games between Matt and I, there was actually a battle for supremacy that took place. Uh, a battle to prove which podcast overall is superior at smash i may be better than that, but tyler he he threw down too uh so there's a lot more footage there to check out uh that's all going to be available on youtube really soon uh should be out some people at some point this week you can check that out um it'll be on the video game pals youtube actually so uh definitely head over there and Look for that. We'll post it on our social media as well. So make sure to follow us so you can know when that stuff goes up. Uh, it's, it's good stuff. You're going to want to check that out. Whether you're a fan of Smash or you just want to see them get smashed, it's, uh, it's a good time.
4: And you might be surprised by who wins. I, I, I didn't. I, I was trash. Or maybe I did. Ooh, <sighs> That's
3: a really good Mystery. Tease.
4: It is. It's very teasing.
3: Honestly, you're going to want to see Marco's performance.
1: That's all I can say. That's not what she said.
0: So I'm I'm happy to, (laughs) (laughs) guys. You're supposed to not sell that all the way. (laughs) I'm happy to have finally vanquished my foes. I'm coming into entering the
3: new year with a clean slate, bro. Exactly, it's beautiful. That's is spelled S M A S H, and
1: now we know that Sean is the second best Smash player on our podcast. It's exciting.
0: Phil, you keep throwing that Whoa. out there, man. Eventually, the mega powers are gonna explode, brother. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, macho menace, uh Okay, uh, so, so let's 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 get into some listener mail, some fresh mail to start off the new year with our boy Ryan.
3: Our boy. Yes. All right. So Ryan wrote in uh, just like you can by hitting us up at the video. I almost just hit the video game, Pals. What's up, Pete? spouse at gmail.com and said, Hi, guys. This week, I thought I'd do something a little different and hit you with 10 random thoughts stream of consciousness style. Oh, jeez.
5: Okay.
0: (laughs) Now, let's stop it right there. Let's stop it right there. 10 thoughts... Do you need to get... Ryan, I love you. Do you need to get a podcast? Yeah. Hey, oh, hey, oh, bro,
2: you don't get a segment of the podcast.
3: Apparently <laughs> he, he does. This is his chance right now. Go for it. All right. I don't have enough to say on each of these topics to justify a dedicated email for each one, so let's try this and see how it works.
1: <laughs> <laughs> we'll
3: see indeed. Number one. I read Pride of Baghdad before I even heard your reactions to my Christmas list. I thought it was great. And like Phil, I also read it at work. I Hell put yeah. off getting this for a long time because I thought I'd already had enough BKV in my life. But that was past Ryan's idea. Fuck that guy. He's an idiot. Hey, All right. You're right. Don't agree with <laughs> Kale. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, So, uh, number two, I also read Midnight Nation. I don't think I've heard you guys mention J. Michael Straczynski on the show. Do any of you like him? Midnight Nation was awesome, as were Rising Stars and his Thor run.
0: So, uh, JMS's Thor run was the first Thor anything I ever read, and I was at the time enthralled by it. And I still think it's brilliant. That being said, uh, his Spider-Man run was very controversial. Uh, I think we've talked about that on the show before a little bit. Yeah. yeah. Back I, in the day. Yeah, I liked it, but it wasn't it wasn't great. Uh, and a lot of people like it a lot less than I did.
1: He's and, so hot or cold.
0: Yeah, outside of that, I, I haven't liked anything I've ever read by him. His Superman I thought was not yep, great.
1: Yep, yep, yep. But he did uh what I thought was one of the best books of the two thousands, uh Silver Surfer Requiem. Oh, oh yes, I've
0: heard of that. Yes,
1: and that was brilliant.
0: Yeah, so he fell out of the mainstream. We
3: after. might do that as a book club one day, actually.
0: Maybe we will, but yeah, carry on.
3: Okay, uh, number three. I'm iffy on Dan slot Spider Man run, but or I'm sorry on Dan Slot Spider Man. But damn, I love the Spider Verse story. Sue
0: me. What's your name? I will. Full name, Social Security, address. Uh, let's get let's get the ball. Marco, rolling.
2: get my goddamn lawyer on the phone.
3: Uh, number four for me the best comic that ended in 2018 was killer be killed the more i think about it this is one of my favorite comics period the best new series i read was probably gideon
0: falls when i read this i was i I actually smacked myself over the head because i whiffed our killer be killed uh, big time. Uh, that was absolutely my favorite book that ended in 2018. Sorry, White Knight, Killer Be Killed was phenomenal and one of the best books I've ever well, read. So, you, you love Baker? Yes, oh boy.
3: Damn, so Ryan's uh, saving you on that one. Yep. Uh, so, number five, I personally do not understand why Tom King gets the praise he does. I was just wondering, why, uh, what is it about his writing that does it for you guys? I read about 40 issues of his Batman run and about half of Sheriff of Babylon, and neither of them did much for me.
1: Um, so, I would definitely read The Omega Men and The Vision. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Those are, I think, his two best books. And it's just, it's, it's an ability to convey such visceral emotion in writing that you don't always get when you pick up Tom King at his best, it's almost like you're reading it's almost like you're gazing into his soul almost this like extremely troubled dude uh putting pen to paper here and just writing a story uh that you could tell has been shaped by his own life and experiences and his own trauma, and it's
2: good as hell. I would, I would, I would even go as far as to argue what Tom King does best is portray emotions. Yeah. Um, even, even in Heroes of Crisis, which God help us, um, the one thing he does really well is he he really is able to put the nail on what that what a character is feeling.
3: Yeah, I think I think for me that's definitely what stands out about his writing is his ability to really put you inside a character's head and understand, like, what they're thinking and feeling. And I think he does a really good job of exploring complex emotions, uh, like the way that he has dealt with themes like, you know, PTSD and loss uh, are, are really... They feel very human, you know? And I think, like, Omega Men is one of the best stories I've ever read about war. Ever. You know? Uh, Because it's informed by his real experience there. And uh, I'm surprised that you didn't appreciate Sheriff of Babylon, honestly. Um, Because I think that was another one that, again, it just, I think it does a really good job of portraying people as people, you know? And especially soldiers, which I think we often have a tendency to glorify and, you know, present as these larger-than-life figures rather than, you know, just deeply troubled people. Or vilified. Right. That's true, too. And I think he tries to... And even in that story, right? Like, every character has a somewhat... Not necessarily dubious, but has done both good and bad things and are, are not always good or bad people. It's people who are shades of gray, like most people, right?
4: They're shaped by that environment. And I think that's the coolest part, is that the environment and the emotion he can bring out in, like, different places is, like, his his spark.
0: So... Uh, Tom Kane writes about loneliness and isolation in a way that uh, I really enjoy, and it's one of the <clears throat> more present themes in all his work, Um, and I echo everything that everybody else said. I could understand not liking him, though, because uh, even though I think his Batman run has trended towards good, there's definitely some uneven stuff, uh, without question. There's downright bad stuff. Uh, and you don't expect that from a writer who's hailed as much as he is. So
3: I also think that it's interesting because he... I think he has as much praise as he does because he went from being a relative unknown to doing a bunch of, like, really, really good work all right at the same time. And then he's been pretty uneven as of late, you know? So I also could understand, like... Not quite getting the hype if you've not read much of his work, especially not well. What I, at least I would agree with Phil and argue are probably his two best pieces.
0: Yeah, although I would say if you didn't like Sheriff, that that's pretty, uh, like that that's up there. If you didn't like that, yes. I don't yeah, know yeah, how yeah. everything else he did gets over it, for you.
1: It it might be worth revisiting too. I think. Uh, yeah, and sure. trying to
3: finish it.
0: Well, we've got we've got a lot more to get to, so let's let's move on here.
3: Number six, my wife and I watched Venom last weekend. I didn't think it was terrible. <laughs> yep. That's
4: the summary to our review.
3: Yeah. Uh, yep. Number seven, Wu Tang Clan ain't nothing to fuck with.
0: Damn straight. <laughs> All right, Ryan, you gotta, you gotta. Come on, man. <laughs> N-
3: number eight, I'd like your other listeners to get some bl- book club requests. in since you already did one of mine, but if you don't receive any other, uh, any other in the near future, I'd be happy to make uh, another suggestion.
2: Maybe you should quit hogging the damn airwaves then.
3: (laughs) 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 Number nine, probably my favorite funny moment from the Pals podcast last year. And I don't remember the episode number, unfortunately. Maybe Marco uh, can help me out.
4: Oh, no, I wasn't ready for this. Uh... Uh, Episode 83.
3: Episode 83 consisted of the following chain of events. Kale suggested that J- Jake Jalen Hall should play a projection of the real Mysterio, who would be played by Danny DeVito. Then later, Phil said he was picturing Danny DeVito as Craven, and he uttered the following line with classic Danny DeVito gusto I'm hunting the most dangerous game of all, man! <laughs> I totally forgot about that. That is a great moment, Ryan. Hey,
1: Spider Man, don't you know I eat spiders? <laughs>
3: <laughs> uh, and then number 10, I'm sorry about all that number five stuff, Kale. You're a good man. Shut nah, up. Nah, shut the right, fuck up. Nope.
0: <laughs> uh, settle down, number five. Yeah, he did uh, Thank it. you, Ryan, for writing in. We appreciate your thoughts as ever. Um, I don't. That's, that's, <laughs> that's really why you're number five. Yeah.
1: Kale's so old, he's got cobwebs growing out of his beard. <laughs>
0: Let's let's make 2019 the year of uh, the year of interaction between us and you guys. Let's get let's get uh, some more people writing in with your thoughts on. Oh, this is gonna be my night. Anything. Well, if, especially if you dislike Kale, if you feel like Kale is the number five of this show, <laughs> uh, definitely write in to let us know that, please. Because. Oh, I'm gonna start writing in then. Well. So let's jump into the Pals polls and we'll start with number five himself. Uh, you chose Gogo Power Rangers number 16.
2: Yeah, so this is the uh, the set of issues where the Rangers switch colors
0: and powers. Um, and hijinks ensue. <laughs> that sounds very fun. Yeah. Uh, and then you and I actually both chose Young Justice number one.
2: Yeah, so I, uh, Young Justice was one of my... F- uh, the original Young Justice uh, was one of my favorite um comics um as grow as, as i was growing into a, a young comics fan um and i uh, uh have carried that love throughout space and time and um wow so yeah that's right so i am uh excited about the prospect of young justice and i but i i have to say i'm picking it up on title probably alone it's because uh, you're hyped it's Bendis and uh, Patrick Gleason. No, Peter Tomasi. I get those confused. They're both um, writing it. Maybe it is Gleason then. Gleason's yeah, yeah, yeah. the artist. Gleason's yeah, yeah, yeah. artist. Art. Yeah, yeah, yeah. oh, okay, yeah. So it's it's Bendis and Gleason. He's Gleason's good. very um, good at art. Gleason is very good. I haven't been crazy about the promo images I've seen. They are good, but it's just not it. It's not all super appealing to me.
3: It's um, got a pretty fun look.
2: Yeah. Um. So I, I'm excited. I'm excited to see the interiors. I think those will be really good. But I'm just not excited about a Bendis teenager book. I just, I just am not. You could have just said Bendis book, and I would have been like, yeah. <laughs> I listen. If he, if he did something similar to Gotham Central or you know the Question, I'd be all about it. But I just. A, a teenage
0: superhero book is not where I want Bendis. So in the same breath you said that you're hyped for this book but also not hyped for this book
2: uh, If that doesn't sum up the Kale Ward character we have all come to know <laughs> then I don't know what does.
0: Fair enough, number five uh, Do you want to talk about your viewing of Young Justice?
2: So, I also watched the uh, the first three episodes that they released of the Young Justice uh, animated series uh, season three uh, um, it starts out real slow <laughs> I I texted you guys Um, I sat down to watch it with my wife my and, wife uh, eight, <laughs> oh god how I forget <laughs> um, and 8 minutes in she got up and she went listen I get it superheroes and she left <laughs> <laughs> are you married to Marco <laughs> Europeans
4: hell yeah but, <laughs> let's go Jess but um, alright it's my wife. <laughs> <laughs> I,
5: I, I,
4: I did not mean anything by that.
0: <laughs> you better come <call laughs> on the big with your eyes.
4: New feud.
2: The uh, so the first episode is um, it's all exposition. And it is not entertaining at all. But huh. it does it does set up the neck it's gonna be, you know, like thirty episodes. It's a it's a half hour, you know, animated series. Um episodes two and three get better, but boy, you have to sit through a lot in that first episode
1: are are they like twenty five minute long episodes or what? yeah, yeah, okay
2: ish that's so all you got
0: that's it that's i mean that's all I have to work with. Are you excited for the next few or how's the what's the release schedule like?
3: uh I think they're weekly. Are you excited but not excited
2: i uh, i I <laughs> have seen enough to
3: keep me going, yeah, okay. Cool. That's more than Kale can say for most things.
0: That's true. That, that's true. Including existence. Oh, <laughs> I can't even
2: tell you. Listen, that's even less. I'd, I'd have dropped that a long time ago if I could have.
0: Uh, so Marco chose Shade the Changing Woman trade paperback.
4: Yes. Oh, cool. Um, this is another young animal book. Oh, yeah. um, this continues the Shade the Changing Girl story. So she's a woman now. She's older. And uh, it's still being written by Cecil Castellucci and the art being done by Marley Zarconi. Uh, and covers by Becky Clinton. So like this creative team is super tight. They do super really just like wacky stuff, very much in the vein of some of the older shade stuff. And it's been interesting to see it and I just want to see the I, I want
0: to finish the story.
1: Folks, it's safe to say Marco's not throwing any shade on this book.
0: Back to you, Sean. <laughs> Thanks, Phil. Uh, you also chose Turok number one.
4: Yeah. I've yeah? been waiting for Turok. Yeah, dude. I So Turok, Loki, is one of my favorite GameCube games. Um, huh. It, that's
3: the weirdest thing ever. So <laughs> I just like, I
4: love the uh, sort of like the new world idea. Like whenever they're, like, the X-Men used to go down, um, was it into like the with the the Savage Lands? Yeah. Okay. Like I love that stuff. i I. I I don't know. There's just like something about it that I enjoy very much. So the game. There's something about the shooting
3: dinosaurs with guns.
4: Yeah, the aesthetic just uh, attracts me, and I've been waiting for a comic to like jump into from Turok because I know there's a couple. Uh, they're just kind of hard to find. A lot of them are out of publication. So at least the older stuff. Uh, so I'm. I want to jump into this.
3: That's such
1: a weird thing that they're to revive. Marco, let me ask you a, a hard hitting question here. Yes, sir. Um, do you only like this book because you like the Flintstones a lot?
0: Exclusively, actually. <laughs> oh, jeez. Uh, if you ever see Marco at a convention or you want to write in to ask Marco <laughs> about the, the Flintstones, Tweet go right ahead.
4: Tweet at me about the Flintstones.
0: So Phil chose Green Lantern number three.
4: What
1: can you say? This is where How Jordan Meets God, apparently, because that's what the cover looks like. I mess with that a lot, folks. Uh, also, the first two issues were great. I really want to see where this goes. Uh, I'm really excited. Um, what can you say? But the writing and the art have been absolutely fantastic. And if you listen to our last episode, uh, I mentioned that uh, uh, this could be my favorite book of 2019.
0: So we'll see. I thought we had a moratorium on on saying what can you say to describe what can you comic?
1: say. That's true. We did, and I just totally fustigated that up.
0: Well done. Uh, try not to do it with Martian Manhunter number two.
3: I was gonna roast Phil but we have the pita cords to consider, you know?
4: <laughs> nah, on
0: that. Oh.
3: Whoa. You you keep it down over there, number four.
1: Oh. Whoa, that was
4: presumptuous. <laughs> that was presumptuous for Is there four. a tier
1: list? <laughs> Ryan, send in your tier list. <laughs> Just remember, I showed you life is strange. Don't try to appeal to him. (laughs) Uh, Martian Manhunter, number one, I believe was
3: Pete's favorite single issue last year? Uh, It was definitely one of my favorites. Uh, I ended up giving it to Doomsday Clock, but Kale gave it to Martian Manhunter. That's right. Supported that pick.
1: Uh, That book is so weird to look at, and there was that awesome Martian sex spread that I did not know how to react to at all. My brain uh, struggled to <laughs> internalize all the images that were thrown into my eyes there. Uh, I am so excited for this current line of DC books. Yeah, And these two yeah. are at the top.
3: I, I forgot that this one was coming out this week. I'm I'm really excited for this book too. That first issue just really grabbed me in a way that number ones don't always get to do. So I'm I'm really excited to see where that series goes. Ditto.
0: And I chose Criminal Number One. This is you know Ed Brubaker, Sean Phillips. Oh. We referenced my deep love for Brubaker earlier, and they're bringing Criminal back as a monthly. Uh, Criminal for a while was just releasing um, <clears throat> bigger chunks, um, and now it's going back to monthly. And uh, that's really exciting. They also did a, a series of one shots uh, for a long while. Um, so it was trades, it was one shots, but it wasn't it wasn't monthlies. So I'm very excited for this. I love the way that they tell crime stories over there uh, in Brew And Land. And uh, I've been missing this book, something something serious. So I can't that's wait. cool, man.
1: Is isn't that where you live, Brew Land? Is that where you have residents?
0: If I lived in Brewmakerland, I guarantee you I would already be either dead or in jail because that's how everybody ends up.
3: <laughs> Sean has his timeshare there, so he's only there for like a week at a time.
0: Hello, dude. There's nothing good in Brewmaker Land. <laughs> I can't think of a main character who didn't die or have some kind of horribly tragic ending. Spoiler alert. Hey, listen, listen! He don't he don't shy away.
4: Is this is like reprintings of stuff or new material, new criminal material, new stories, brand new oh, stories? Shit. Cool.
0: Yeah. So let's jump into the news, and we're starting off with a story that hits a little bit close to home because it involves one of our favorite creators here on the Comics Pals, <clears throat> Dirk Manning, who is well known and regarded highly within comic spaces for his. Horror Stories is alleging that Black Mirror stole from his uh, Nightmare World series uh, and appropriated some of the content from that series for the most recent Bandersnatch uh, short film or film. So... This was
3: like the uh, the interactive thing, right? Yes.
0: Yeah, yeah the choose-your-own-adventure story. Sure. Now... This is this is a, a a story that Dirk has really grabbed the hold of. Uh, he used his connection with Bleeding Cool to write about how he feels about what took place. Um, so I'm just gonna give you guys a little bit of a of, of, of a backstory about what Nightmare World is and what Bandersnatch is. So Nightmare World is a it's an anthology series, very much akin to Black Mirror, and twilight zone and things like that but whereas black mirror's focus is technology uh this the focus of nightmare world is horror so the, st- the stories in there typically are horror based so there's a there's a particular story called the day i tried to live that uh takes place in the nightmare world and that's the story that dirk believes um was stolen from him or utilized for this bandersnatch movie so now i'm gonna let dirk tell it a little bit here As I started to watch Bannersnatch, the latest episode of Black Mirror, I had to chuckle to myself as I started to see thematic similarities between the choose-your-own-adventure story of a man who realizes he's really just a video game character being controlled by outside forces, in this case the viewer themselves, and my own story titled The Day I Tried to Live from my horror comic anthology series Nightmare World. Nightmare World was first published online in the early to mid-2000s before then getting out into syndication at the website soul geek and he tells a little bit more about the origin um so he goes on to say uh there are no new ideas out there and i'm certainly not going to claim that i was the first to ever use the trope of fictional character realizes he's being controlled by an external creator even in comics for example grant morrison used this same concept a few times in his now legendary run on animal man However, as Bannersnatch went on, I started to find that not only the plot, but the theme became more and more reminiscent of my story. And then Colin, the first character in Bannersnatch who's aware he's really just a video game character, starts to make this speech as part of an LSD-fueled tirade. And then he quotes the speech from Colin. When you make a decision, you think it's you doing it, but it's not. It's the spirit out there that's connected to our world that decides what we do, and we just have to go along for the ride. Uh, And then, Dirk says, before going on with a line of dialogue that made me jump off my couch. And that line of dialogue is, people think it's a happy game. It's not a happy game. It's not. It's a fucking nightmare world. And the worst thing is that it's real and we live in it. So Dirk goes on to make a comparison between that line of dialogue and a a series of dialogues that appear in Nightmare World, which is... This world could be a paradise, a dream come true, but it's not. It's a nightmare. We all live in nightmare. So uh, that's basically the lay of the land with this whole story. Uh, Dirk does go on. It's a very verbose, as Dirk is known for, article over at Bleeding Cool, uh, and he makes the point that he feels like this this story uh, nightmare or this story banner snatch stole from. His work. Now, if you want to see for yourself, of course, you can get on Netflix and watch Banner Snatch, but in the Bleeding Cool article, Dirk does also link to his story The Day I Tried to Live. What do you guys make of all this?
4: I So, I haven't read Nightmare World, uh, nor have I seen Banner Snatched. Uh, I, I, I have the book, so I want to read it before I get a chance to, to actually see it. Um, but if these allegations turn out to be turn out to be somewhat valid then i mean I, I i honestly don't know the ramifications of it it's uh it's crazy to think that you know he feels this way and that sucks um but i guess as things progress i mean we'll see what happens cuz it it's a serious allegation and it's on bleeding cool people have seen this people are supporting or against him and it's becoming something and i don't want to put my foot in, put my foot in my mouth until I've, like, seen it.
0: Cool. Very fair. Now I I wanna, I wanna take this take this back, uh, for a moment, because um, Victor Dandridge, who is a good friend of Dirks, a uh, friend of ours, um, really cool guy. He hasn't done the show yet, but we yep we we did interview him at Wizard World Philadelphia, uh, 2018. He actually has come out. I don't want to say against because that implies that there's anger or that they're not enemies. Right, exactly. Um, But he has come out and said he feels like Dirk Manning is wrong for this, Mm. that he's taking the wrong approach. He doesn't quibble with whether or not they actually stole from him. He quibbles with the way in which Dirk is approaching this situation. He feels that Dirk is making a big stink about The possibility of his work having been stolen from and doing it in such a way that makes him look bad, as opposed to doing it in a way that promotes his work. Uh, And Victor feels that Dirk is doing himself a disservice and sort of making it seem like he's trying to make this all about him because he's the one making making everybody uh aware of this not letting the fans sort of realize it for themselves and rally around dirk organically i wanted to add that context because i feel like it provides a different side to the story
2: ah that part's horseshit sorry victor I, uh, a creator of Dirk's stature as as large or as small as it may be is no is nowhere near as large as the mega corporation that is netflix and the you know the 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 people who create Black Mirror and and the writers and and such are going to be a, a lot more known. They're going to have a lot more um, pull, I think, than Dirk. And I think the only way, sm- you know, small guy Dirk is going to be able to get his voice heard amongst uh, the crowd uh, is to say something and have it put out there.
1: Yeah. I, I, I don't, I don't really dispute that. Uh, it's, it's tough because I, I haven't seen this uh, Netflix movie yet. Uh, it is getting a lot of pub, pub positive publicity. Um, a lot of people are definitely watching it. I think as far as Netflix, Netflix uh, things go uh, is getting the second most publicity of anything next to bird box right now, which is saying a lot. Um, People are fascinated by the choose-your-own-adventure aspect. And if you're Dirk Manning, and of course I'm not going to speak for him. Dirk will do that for himself, as he is wont to do. Uh, and you feel genuinely plagiarized or wronged? Of course, like, you need to seek out any venue you can. And he goes to Rich. I completely understand that. Uh, my, my real question at this point is... Uh, did they do that? Did they deliberately like steal from this? And I'm not going to speculate, but... It <sighs> uh, leaves me very curious to see where this goes.
3: Yeah, and <clears throat> just to throw my hat in the ring here, I agree with Kale. I-, I think if if this is genuinely what Dirk believes, and I don't, you know, like Sean said, we have a relationship with Dirk, so like take what I'm about to say with a grain of salt. But, like, he's a fan of the show and I don't see him being the kind of person to like concoct drama to bring attention to himself. Like that's not really his style. Like he, you know, yeah, he's a guy who sells himself and he's good at that. But I don't, I don't think that he, like, I believe that he believes this, whether or not they intentionally stole from him or not. Right. And, you know, I think like looking at the case that's been laid out, like it, it definitely seems like there was, you know, some inspiration taken from uh, from his work. And I understand why he feels that way, you know? So, like, I don't know. Like, I'm not saying that that's definitely what happened, but I definitely get why he feels the way he feels and why he's trying to make a case about it. Because I think this is, like... Just about the worst thing that can happen to a creator. You know, we talked about it um, when there was that webcomic situation with the Kickstarter and everything uh, a couple months ago, right? And I believe we said the same thing, right? That it's like that's just about the worst thing that can happen for you to make something and have your original idea taken or borrowed from or what have you uh, for something that is like much bigger than you. And especially if it's something that you're actually a fan of, you know, like that's not a good feeling. So it's going to be interesting to see what actually comes of this cuz I don't I don't know that it's going to be anything cuz it doesn't seem like Dirk's trying to take any legal action or anything like that. It seems like he's just trying to get acknowledgement of the fact that this happened, right? And that like and hopefully to dissuade other people from doing stuff stuff like this in the future. So you know, I don't I don't really know where this story goes from here.
0: Uh, this is a hard one for me to talk about because I am very, very much a fan of Dirk's and, uh, obviously, you know, have s- something of a, you know, not, not, not to overhype, but, a, you know, personal relationship, a friendly relationship over the course of many years. And, um, I've read the nightmare world story in question. I read it again to talk about this. Uh, I watched Banner Slash specifically because of this. Mm. and uh, I don't see it. Mm. Because the idea that he presents in the book is just, it's just not the same. And choose your own adventure is different than, you know, like, because the guy Bannersnatch, Dirk is saying that that the characters in Bannersnatch know that they're a video game, and that's not true. That's not, that's not what happens. Um,
2: but did you choose the right adventure?
0: I chose. I chose all the adventures. Actually, oh, you watched. You did the whole thing. Yeah, or at least as close to it as I could in like five hours. Yeah, um, that's
1: that's about right. Yeah.
0: So, uh, there's the only thing close to what he's talking about is one ending that I won't spoil, but it it doesn't even imply video game. It implies something else. Um, the words that the character Colin uses he does use the word "game," but he's Dirk's taking it extremely literal right there. He doesn't actually mean that in the way it sounds, and you can only know that through the context of watching the sh- watching the show and I don't think that Dirk Manning is trying to you know generate heat for no reason. I think that's how he's seeing it, and that's completely valid and i don't I don't you know that's perfectly fine um So yeah, the only thing that makes me feel like it might be true is the fact that he does say, "You know, we're living in a nightmare world." That's you know,
3: that seems like a name drop.
0: Yeah, it's very possible that that's a name drop. The thing is that the concept that Dirk uh, utilizes, which is characters aware that he's being played, which that broad idea does play into Banner Slash heavily, is also not an original idea in and of itself. So I don't think that Charlie Booker, who, who who created Black Mirror, really has to look far beyond the Twilight Zone or any other of a million shows or books or comics or whatever that have used that idea in the past uh, because it's common. Um, so is it possible that The Day I Tried to Live, the story by Dirk, is something that you know charlie looked at alongside a lot of other pieces of art to to generate ideas for this story yeah as a writer any any person who's a creator on any level you know that when you're gearing up to tell a story you do research that includes real life stories that includes other pieces of art so it's very possible that they saw this story but that's not the same thing as stealing an idea which is a heavy claim that Dirk Manning is laying down.
1: Well, I'll have to see how this story uh, develops, honestly. Uh, I don't... Yeah. Uh,
0: I'm gonna leave Dirk with the last word, though. uh, We are reaching out to Dirk to get him on the show to say his piece. I'm very interested in, you know, hearing what he has to say, bringing him on, but I wanna read uh, a last excerpt from the Bleeding Cool article, and then we'll we'll leave it in the air uh, and you know, follow up when we do get Dirk on here, or or if uh, Charlie Brooker comments. Um, so here we go. Or Without a direct comment, show. sorry.
2: I said, or Charlie Booker wants to come on the show.
0: Please do. <laughs> we we love it. <laughs> Uh, Without a direct comment from Black Mirror creator Charlie Brooker on all of this, which seems highly unlikely for a myriad of reasons, we'll never know how much of all of this is true. But, hey, if you're out there reading this, Charlie, how about you rename the episode Bandler Slatched and we'll call it even, yeah? I mean, since we're being cheeky cheeky and all, right? Uh, For the sake of comparison, the eight-page Nightmare World story, The Day I Tried to Live, can be read in its entirety below, as can somebody told me, which, interestingly... Enough. Also deals with the character becoming self-aware of being a pawn in a bigger plan and system. So, in other news, Marvel has actually tapped the McElroy family. McElroy or McElroy? I'm sorry, <laughs> the McElroy family. <laughs> it it oh, looks is this like. The, is this a segment right. of the
4: show where Sean uh, mispronounces stuff? Hey! Way. Whoa, Marco
0: spoke! Yes. Holy shit! Yo, yeah, I've
4: been I, I've been in and out on the on the internet, guys. It's I'm, I apologize, guys.
0: <laughs> it only took Marco two years and 115 episodes to speak more than five times throughout the entire episode of the show.
1: New feud, whoa. new
4: whoa, feud. Whoa, whoa, whoa. He, My he Threshold he. was ten. Threshold was ten. This is at least. 13.
0: <laughs> I, I mean, is that supposed to be better? We've done 115 of these. It's better than 10.
4: All, Listen, all, I,
2: all I can say is that it, it sounded good from way down here at the bottom of the barrel.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Listen Marco, up, You should have learned by now, after what I did to Matt in your own home, that you don't mess with the best. <laughs> Settle down, son, and let me do my job. So, the, the McElroys have been tapped by marvel to write a war of the realms tie-in now i know that a uh, few of you are fans of theirs right yeah, yeah dog. big fans right so uh they announced it over twitter that they collectively i don't know how many of them there are uh, three and...
1: there's three boys and a dad
0: ah okay um so they're going to be writing a mini series that ties into war of the realms which is going to be titled War of the Realms: Journey into Mystery, and it's going to be five issues, and it's going to be uh, illustrated by Andre Lima Aruo.
1: She did the Adventure Zone graphic novel.
2: No, she didn't.
1: I was wrong. <laughs> what? a, <laughs> what a- <laughs> <laughs> Almost. Wow.
0: Almost. What's worse is uh, is that do we know that that's a woman?
1: I no. I I thought that uh, the it's definitely in-
0: not a woman. <laughs> Good
1: job, Phil. I thought the person that worked on the Adventure Zone graphic novel was doing art on it as well. I was mistaken. That's You're very
0: where that wrong. Happened. Yep, you you messed up like <laughs> double. Good that's job, a, dude.
2: My my man, that's a kale level mess up.
1: <laughs> uh shit. Yep, I done goofed.
0: So the Adventure Zone was a a pretty popular uh, graphic novel. It was on the New York Times bestseller list, which is a pretty Great feat, um, and uh, yeah, obviously people are pretty excited. I don't know them, so Kale, you want to you wanna speak on this? Why is this cool?
2: So, um, what's cool about this is that the um, the Adventure Zone started as just a uh, just uh, a set of brothers and their dad playing D anD um, It grew into this epic uh, podcast that um, it had something uh, four or five arcs um in in like the 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 storyline of the you know the ah, what do they call it phil the um so the this pr- one story had four or five you know segments of chapters i guess you know how books work
1: yeah so yeah i've read this was this was there'd be there'd be gerblins
4: what
2: the what? first so, or-
3: yeah so the, oh boy. so the um Oh my god, how many grown men does it take to explain what a podcast is? I'm to Kill do his thing, let him do it. Are you? You started Jesus. talking over him and added nothing. Did is this gonna be called? service
0: level of of, of uh <laughs> botching or what are we doing here? Come on, let's go. So the
2: uh uh the descriptions and and the characters are and the voices are all played so well by the all of the McElroys, um, Oni, no, first, second, decided to make a, uh, a graphic novel. Um, they made it with uh, Carrie Peach, who I believe has done some webcomics here and there.
1: Oh, okay.
2: Um, and this led to, well, the podcast, and then this led to Griffin contributing on a, a Star Wars anthology that came out a year or two ago and uh, you'll find Travis all over uh, the internet on podcasts and stuff and Griffin and Justin also um, helped found uh, the video game website Polygon and all of that culminated in Griffin McElroy um, being on the Forbes 30 under 30 list
1: media luminary
2: Thirty. he's a 30 under 30 media luminary So basically there's uh, the McElroy's have a shit ton of fans. Uh, They tour the country uh, doing, you know, uh, my brother, my brother and me, the adventure zone and, and their various, they each have their own, you know, respective podcasts. Um, And they have just legions of fans. Um, So the fact that I, frankly, I'm surprised this hasn't happened before. I'm not, surprised that marvel is the one to get this heat um but uh this this book is gonna sell
1: yeah i'm excited as hell McElroy brothers are good as heck and uh i haven't read there be Gerblins yet which is the first volume of Adventure zone that came out uh like five months ago uh but i would like to it's something i've been meaning to buy and read um they're good good boys good good brothers and uh it's really exciting that they're doing a marvel event tie in that's crazy Yeah, it's absolutely bananas for th- th- three podcasters and their dad and their dad uh,
2: they're, I believe if I'm not mistaken their dad has done some like ghostwriting for like movies and I believe yeah. he has written a, a comic book or two in his time
1: I think Clint wrote their dad's Clint McElroy I think he wrote some comics like in the 60s and 70s that were like kind of low key indie stuff oh wow cool. I didn't know that Yeah, their dad's pretty cool. He has, like, a YouTube channel that he reviews comics and shit now. (laughs) Really? Oh, yeah. Yeah,
3: that's cool.
5: Yeah.
0: Something to look forward to. So, uh, we are now learning, based on a rumor from The Hollywood Reporter, uh, that allegedly Matt Reeves the Batman may shoot in in September. November. Now, the reason why... I find this to be interesting, and the reason why we're including it here is because of how much hemming and hawing has gone on with Ben Affleck, with this movie. Is it going to take place in the past? Is it going to take place in the present? Um, Are they even still making this movie? (laughs) Well, apparently it's going to shoot in November. So, uh, in in The Hollywood Reporter, they say that... uh, the script is basically in, although Reeves will continue tweaking it and working on it. And I'm hearing the studio wants to start shooting in November. So let's say between now and then. Now, the interesting thing is that DC has been full steam ahead on um, the Emancipation of Harley Quinn, the the uh, Birds of Prey movie, um, Batgirl, which is being written right now, uh, you know, obviously Shazam, Wonder Woman 2, movies that stray pretty far away from the superman batman you know titan grip that existed for so long over at dc so my question for you guys is do you guys really think that this movie's gonna start shooting this year do you think that they they really want to work on this right now
1: it's been so long since we had a proper batwatch.
0: Batwatch.
4: <laughs> <laughs> and and this is the one with, with Ben Affleck, right?
0: Yes sir. That's we oh, we don't know that. Oh I mean
1: Presumably, presumably. Yes.
0: I don't know that that's a presumption at this point because the way that Matt Reeves has talked about it in the past, it sounds like this could this could be a uh a prequel.
4: Oh, a young Bruce Wayne.
3: Yeah, what what bets did we make earlier? Who who said that Batman was coming back or not? Because whichever one I said then, I need to be consistent with now.
0: It was a it was a, no, the question was whether or not Ben Affleck would step down as Batman. I
3: think oh, we so all said no. Yeah, so this this probably wouldn't count, right? Mm. No, it doesn't. Right. Because okay, all right, yeah, yeah, well, listen, all right. All right, so I don't know, man. So. I, I, it's, <laughs> It's, I'm sorry. <laughs> I, uh, I th- this movie just still doesn't feel real to me. <laughs> you know, like it's like okay, cool. They're gonna start shooting in February. Well, they started shooting New Mutants like four years ago, and that movie stands <laughs> it out. So I just I'll believe it when I see it. When when there's a trailer or a poster or something, that's when this becomes real. Until then, it's all smoke. It's vaporware.
1: We're gonna be telling our grandkids the legend of the New Mutants movie that never was. <laughs>
0: Yeah, I don't know. I um I think it's it's very weird that you would want to make a movie that stars a younger Batman when you have Ben Affleck in the role already. So, there has to be in my mind some major pushing and pulling over at Warner Brothers about what to do with this movie.
4: They they don't have any qualms with having multiple actors and have both be multiple characters. So like I don't I I actually see that as like, yeah, they would totally do that because like, who gives a shit in in the DCFU, whatever.
0: I think it's different when you're talking about Batman. And yeah, I mean, Superman. you have the Joker though. Yeah, but who cares? Well, you know? I think
1: I think the rumor is that Joaquin Phoenix is actually gonna play Batman, right?
3: <laughs> that would be fucking incredible. Can you imagine?
0: <laughs> I'm not saying that what you're saying is is wrong, Marco. I just think that. When it comes to Batman and Superman, they tend to be a lot more protective about where those characters can and cannot appear, and who plays them, and things like that. So, I'm—I mean, Batman is the only one of those characters, well, I guess, and Wonder Woman, who hasn't appeared on TV ever, right? Um, well, not ever, but in this in this modern era of of, of television, he hasn't been on any of the shows.
4: Oh, he wasn't on Gotham.
0: No, no.
3: Like Bruce Young Wayne, Bruce is, on Wayne Gotham, is on Gotham.
4: Oh, uh, yeah. okay.
2: Yeah, he's not in the uh, the Arrowverse either. They've got Superman. Yeah. They don't
0: have uh, Batman or Wonder Woman yet. And and the, by all accounts, Batman is still very much off limits. If I'm not
2: mistaken, though, he is in the Titans series? Is that... He that, that is. Somehow or another, I saw a trailer for the, the last episode, which is supposed to be a, a Dick Grayson Batman showdown where Batman beats the fuck out of everybody and... Dick Grayson has to somehow stop it. And stop it.
0: I didn't see the last episode, but from what I saw, uh, he only he only ever appeared in like silhouettes. It was never.
2: Um. So for me, if they if they made it a prequel, um, and they wanted, and they still wanted Ben Affleck to have that image, uh, you know, it might it it might behoove them to make you know make it kind of similar to to what they did in uh, in uh, Wonder Woman where he was just like a a framing device you know he sits in a chair brooding in up you know in oh, in, I see. in his big lounge room staring at the clock sure. and he's pontificating at alfred about you know his younger days or
0: or some bullshit the good old days i actually think that'd be a brilliant way to tell the story of how robin died Oh yeah, be that would be sure.
3: Good. that would be good. Hey,
2: and so, you know, we reported early on in the year about that uh the crazy insurance cost. Uh I that could that I'm, um, you know, I don't know how that contract works, but that could be a way around that. Yeah. All all Ben Affleck's going to do is sit in a chair. That's it. That's all he's going to do.
0: Yeah, we'll we'll have to see. Uh, I think a lot of us have a lot of uh, vested interest in how this all goes down because presumably, if they start shooting with a young Batman and Ben Affleck is nowhere to be found, very well may be the case that he's stepping down. So we'll see. Jake Gyllenhaal.
2: I think it's it's interesting that you that you say uh, a vested interest. I don't give
0: a shit. Well, I do because I like to be right. So um, we'll see. Uh, now. James Wan is riding really high on the wave of uh. how well Aquaman is doing. Uh, it's currently the biggest success. The biggest for splash? DC. Thank you. He made you. that joke
3: biggest... last week, Marco. All right,
4: well, <laughs> he's only so many water jokes.
3: That's
1: not true. Water covers 70% of the planet. You can make a lot more.
0: Well, money is raining down. <laughs> on See? Warner Brothers. It wasn't
3: that hard. <laughs>
0: Because Aquaman is the most successful film that they have had since The Dark Knight Rises. Another film that I happen to love very much. Wow. Now, uh, James Wan, of course, is, is, is gearing up for Swamp Thing. He's going to be executive producing that series. And while we don't know if he's going to do Aquaman 2, um, he's very focused on Aquaman and, or sorry Swamp Thing and had some things to say about what we could expect from this new series. So, uh, he had the following to say. Uh, He described Swamp Thing as another piece of property where I think the source material is amazing with lots of really fascinating characters. We want to lean more into the gothic horror slash romance aspect of it. It's a human story. Basically, it's Beauty and the Beast. It's about this guy struggling to find his humanity as he's transforming and becoming more and more of a monster.
3: Marco is, like, just wet right now. I'm like...
0: He's wet. I'm. <laughs>
1: wait, 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 <laughs> wait, wait, wait. Are we giving Marco the floor to talk about this now? Is that what's happening? No. So I'm. Um, okay, yeah, okay, Sean, so, keep talking. Sean, keep talking. I'm, like, I- I'm excited so I for it
4: specifically because of.
0: Based on the fact that uh, it's gonna be like really cool. Team, based on the fact that Titans was such a big success, do do you guys think that that makes it more likely that Swab Thing will be good?
1: No, I think it's gonna be a massive failure. Um, I, yeah. I think I, I think it's a real niche thing that only a few people like.
3: Uh, I think it's gonna tank really hard. All right, guys, it's gonna drown. <sighs> oh, God, let Marco have his fifteen minutes.
1: No, 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 we can't let him talk. Absolutely not. You
4: can't talk that long.
1: Nope, I I can't talk. Let him talk.
4: Uh, no, so yeah, so the, uh, I, think I, I the, like that it's gonna be like, coming this from, like a really really hard good, aspect because like James Wan, um, oh my and god, a nightmare. I saw A, conjuring too, and it just being able to like be the like force behind those and then bring that hard aspect into it because a lot of the the way that they do things is very much from a. Uh, like the, the superhero route like oh he's a he's a monster now it's not taking from that the gothic elements so because he has been an executive producer on a lot of those horror focuses i think that just is gonna make this production a lot stronger and based off what we have seen from titans it does i for me i think it'll it'll work out just because the production there was a it was substantial like maybe season two, season three of, uh, like, Arrow level of budget. So, like, they were willing to put dollars into that. And if they're willing to put dollars into that and they want to make this platform something really, really big and want to knock it out of the park, alongside with, um they have one of the writers from um Daredevil 2, I think. I don't know. I, I have high hopes. I'm not, like, over the moon about it just because I will wait, you know, I want to wait to see it. But I expect it to be... At least decent.
0: Any other thoughts?
3: I mean, yeah, I think, uh, based on what Marco's saying, um, there's definitely seems like there's a pretty strong chance that this will actually be good. And despite how bad Titans looked in its promotional material, everyone I know that's watched it uh, seems to say it's great. So, yeah, I don't know. Hopefully, this is good. I hope for Marco's sake and for the Parlopod and like the three other people that like swapped thing out there <laughs> on, on, the, on the web
2: could could be good what i think i think of all of the shows i think swamp thing probably knows what it is more than the others i think it it has a more established genre um and i think tapping james wan for that is probably the best thing they could have done um so i it's it's got high potential
0: yeah i i'm actually you know all BS aside, really excited for this. This is the only series that they have uh, talked about that I would sign up for because I really do like Swamp Thing. And I think that there's a very uniquely good series that could come out of this.
4: Especially the, the source material that they're pulling from is the stuff that made Swamp Thing think the name that he is, uh, at least in like 80s, uh, mid 80s comics.
1: Sure. Oh, they're pulling from the Scott Snyder, run? That's cool.
4: <laughs> <laughs> Not enough to have that. That's how math works.
0: Huh? 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 Uh, so, in other DC television news, Batwoman uh, officially will be a series. They've ordered a pilot that CW has, and um, it's going to be helmed by David Nutter. It was going to be... <laughs> I'm, sorry, was, I'm sorry, that was childish. I apologize. I didn't even laugh
3: at the name, I laughed at your laugh. That was,
1: no, that was, I'm that an was, adult. That was good, Marco.
0: I'm glad you laughed at that, quite frankly. Um,
1: <laughs> <clears throat>
0: so, I personally haven't read thoughts about the Elseworlds. Uh, crossover that she appeared in i'm not sure how receipt how well received that was but we do have the official description from cw for this series armed with a passion for social justice and a flair for speaking her mind kate kane soars onto the streets of gotham as batwoman an out lesbian and highly trained street fighter primed to snuff out the failing city's criminal resurgence but don't call her a hero yet in a city desperate for a savior, Kate must overcome her own demons before embracing the call to be Gotham's symbol of hope.
2: <laughs> Go on. That's what all of Arrow Season 1 was about. Alright. Oliver that, Queen getting around killing a guy.
0: Alright. That description turned me all the way off from wanting to watch this, sadly.
2: <laughs> yeah, I. It, it does feel very, you know... I, to me it does it does sound very arrow season one, which I would not go back and watch if you paid me to do it. No, that's not true. Um
3: <laughs> I'm a shill. I'll do anything for money.
2: Yeah. I'm very <laughs> poor.
3: Uh, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I, I think um I, I was never gonna watch a show anyway. So like it doesn't really matter. Like it's not like this is the thing that turned me off to a show I was already gonna watch. But um it It does feel like very i don't know that that feels like a very like by the numbers season one description, and then they threw in a bunch of buzzwords, you know, yeah, yep. like like it's just like, oh like
4: social justice
3: it, it, it it's just like arrow plus like the youtube tags <laughs> of social justice out lesbian it's just like okay like i i I'm not. Obviously, I'm not against those things. We talk about those subjects on this show all the time. It's just like I, I, I'm against, like, it, it feels very like, oh, we got the token queer show now. Like oh, here, here we
2: fucking go. <laughs> just saying. Pete and his goddamn tokenism. I'm just well,
3: saying. Hey, well, Kel,
1: like leave, leave my friend Pete alone, okay? I,
3: I'm just saying, like, I don't, I don't, I don't yeah, know. token
2: like, punk guy over here.
3: Yeah, right, totally. <laughs> well, well, leave my friend alone. Oh, here's a uh, token is,
2: Beardo over here.
3: All I'm saying is that has nothing to do with the bang on the actual quality of the show. But, like, it definitely sounds like very just, like I said, like very paint by numbers with some some fresh phrases peppered in for you. We're like, oh, this is what makes it different. It's like, okay, but is it, isn't it? it just really going to be more Arrow but with Ruby Rose? Like, isn't that what we're getting? Yeah, Pete, get them SJWs. Yeah, right? I totally hate them. <laughs>
4: It's, it's the kind of description that you read on like the for like a review of a comic. You're like, um, no. Or I do oh, well. this. <laughs> oh, I've read <laughs> that <laughs> <No>. before. <laughs> Marco yeah, picks yeah, up a book. I've... Marco
1: picks up a book, reads the back. Superheroes. Uh, no. No, nope, no thanks.
2: <laughs> so, uh, everything I've read about uh, Batwoman's appearance in in the. Uh, cw verse the Arrowverse. uh it it seems to have gone really well um i don't i am not caught up with the show and i i don't know that i have the desire to be caught up with the show but i do uh because i was a fan i do kind of keep up with it and uh everything i've read uh it seems like it was taken really well and i don't think they would that's have good. ordered this i don't think they would have ordered this pilot if it wasn't
3: yeah that's that's got to be true
2: um, the other thing is that uh, friend of the show uh, Olivia Hicks tweeted out uh, a list of the Ao three uh, fem slash Tumblr ships. Um, Whoa! And I yeah, I only kind of what? know what all those words mean. <laughs> 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 well, that's but hundreds. But oh, the uh, the Supergirl ships are all top of the list for like the year, like twenty eighteen. Uh so I mean this uh, like this show will be for the Fem slash crowd a thousand percent. So it's got it's got an audience.
0: <sighs> yeah, I don't know, man. Uh when I read this, I, I, I had the same reaction that Pete did. Social justice out lesbian and then everything I, else is generic.
2: Yeah. And listen, I'm not, I'm not disputing that. I Sure. You heard me. I had the exact same reaction.
3: Oh, did you, uh, Kale? Because what I heard was you busting my balls. <laughs> Even though Marco said the same thing and Sean disagreed with me. And now you're like, my, yeah, I feel that way too.
2: My dog, I said it before you did. <laughs> hmm. I
0: don't recall it that way. but
2: okay. The thing about Arrow season one? That wasn't... Yeah. I wasn't praising it. No, I, well, I, but
0: Pete specifically brought out the, the lesbian social justice parts, and you were like, okay... Oh, here we go! Yeah. Pete, are
3: uh, you
0: okay? In any event...
3: Yeah, I'm fine. Thank uh, you, Phil. I always appreciate your support.
0: In in any event, <laughs> what I love most about the Batwoman series, yes, is that she's different, because she's a lesbian, absolutely, that's a part of what makes her different, but it's not the only thing that makes her different. And that's what's frustrating, is that it feels like, and that's just, of course, based on this little piece, <clears throat> it feels like they're taking that and making that all that she is. And then everything else is just, well, she's Batman, but, but you know, a But a, a lady!
5: Lesbian. Yeah. <laughs>
0: um, and that's not what the comic book is like at all. And... I want to see what makes her book unique and what makes her unique brought to life. And it doesn't feel like that's what they're going for with this.
4: Sean, it feels like uh, America, like that first issue of America where they were just like, Oh, I'm gay. Yeah. Oh, I'm Hispanic. Yep. Do you
2: you remember? Yeah. Do you remember the, the marketing uh, for Batwoman when the, when the character first came around? I can't say that I do. All the marketing was about how lesbian she was (laughs) and it, you know, and it was it wasn't until Greg Ruck and JH Williams really sunk their teeth into the book that it happened to be a
0: good book. Yeah, things like that turn me off across the board. It's you know, it's yeah. not not a lesbian thing. It's anytime, time you know. Oh, I, I I was upset when they first announced Miles Morales. Full disclosure. Oh, he's black and and uh, Dominican. Oh, crazy! You know, come on, man. Tell me stories. That's all I care about. And, and and of course you know diversity whatever else but tell me why I care about this story don't tell me oh well they're black so you got to buy it right
3: yeah and like to be fair like right this is like a tweet basically like this is them trying to sum up yeah a, a, a probably twelve hour season of television or whatever in you know two hundred and fifty words or whatever and it's like I get it you know like that those are those are the the buzzwords or whatever that you want to use because either that's going to get a pop out of some people or piss a bunch of people off and then you're still getting people talking about it or whatever. I get it. It just like I I don't I agree with you, Sean, what you're saying. Like I don't like when that is like touted as like a marketing thing cuz that feels gross, you know? Like that's that's the whole reason it bothers me. It's like it feels very just like, "Oh, let's let's check this box now." And it's like I'm glad that, that the LGBT community is getting a superhero show about a lesbian superhero. I just hope that it's actually a good show about a lesbian superhero, not a show that is about a lesbian superhero for the sake of of, of doing it, you know? Like, I want them to get that show and have it actually be something that's, like, high quality. Not just, like, it's, it's Arrow but queer. It's like, okay, like... Let's let's give it some more attention and like have it let it be its own thing, you know, and and, like, I don't know, speak on its quality.
0: I love the character so much that I'm going to watch this regardless. And I don't, you know, I don't tune on to the CW for anything. So um, I really want this to be good. But this just didn't do it for me. But we'll see. Hopefully
3: this is how we get Sean in on Riverdale. You know, he'll he'll have to watch it when he's waiting for Batgirl to come on. Not Batgirl, Batwoman.
0: Nope.
1: <laughs>
3: Sorry. Right, well there you have it. <laughs> we, need a new, we need a new third chair for the Riverdale review, you know.
0: A new third chair. Oh yeah, Kale opted out, right? Yeah, I'm sick of Kale. Yeah, fair enough. Uh, number <laughs> five is Quen. He made Ryan. a good choice. This is a weird story that we're, we've got here. Uh, Tom King faced allegations this week, uh, the very first week of the year, in fact, that he lied about being in the CIA.
3: Yeah. This is like some tinfoil hat shit. <laughs>
0: <laughs> this all started on Tumblr, actually, where a a you know person on Tumblr, uh, just created a whole story and did all this research. I mean, this is a very very deep, uh, Tumblr post about how Tom King is a liar. And how DC is in on the conspiracy, how everybody who knows him is in on the conspiracy uh, to craft this CIA background for Tom King in order to make him seem different, I guess. uh it's it's very, very, very odd. Um, wild. yeah, I I can't imagine a reason why anyone would want to do this. Um but so the, the the post, you know, it 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 calls into question everything that we know about Tom King. Um and uh it's very detailed as I said, but um Tom had to respond to this. Sadly. And He responded with this on Twitter. He said, there's a post going around questioning whether I served in the CIA, which is odd because I did, and there's a way for employers like DC to check. Anyway, here's a picture of me in Iraq in 2004 and an email from when I was getting sheriff-reviewed by the agency. Now, the best thing to come out of this whole weird situation is this picture of Tom King from 2004. I encourage you to head over to Tom King's Twitter page and check this out. Uh, If you guys on the show haven't seen it, I just sent it. Um, It's Tom King with an AK-47, some jeans that are way too big for him, uh, in the desert heat, I assume.
3: Um, He just looks so young. Yeah, he's got hair. Yeah, it's just it. It's like it looks like very early two thousands with these like big ass jeans. It's so funny. Like if he didn't have a gun, he'd look like he was like about to go like to a Sublime show or something.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Those big old Jenco jeans.
3: Yeah.
0: So uh, the other thing is that he also included a letter which uh was actually written by his wife uh to him and it was he didn't include the whole letter but he included pieces of it or a piece of it I should say and it really brings home how hard it is to have someone who you love be, you know, gone and you don't necessarily know that they're gonna come back. Um but she also shared a a, a message that she wanted directly for tom king to to put on Twitter, which was the following: tell those assholes to call me and ask me what it was like worrying every day that you'd get shot. You served your country. fuck those fuckers <laughs> so uh um, well said, Mrs. King. The internet being the internet again
1: in the in the defense of folks that were skeptical, there are a couple examples in history of things not adding up the way that people said there was of course akira Yoshida. there was that whole fiasco
2: <laughs> top of my mind
1: yeah and there was the whole mika wright thing from like 15 years ago do you guys remember that no uh mika wright uh you know was written for film television uh video games comics he wrote uh, uh what did he write um he wrote for the angry beavers i know that he won't he wrote stormwatch Uh, He asserted that uh, he was a part of uh, a Panama invasion called Operation Just Cause. And during the 2000, right before the 2003 invasion of Iraq, he began uh, writing a lot of anti war protest stuff. Uh, And he was even on Democracy Now! with Amy Goodman. Uh, And the thing is, when he asserts that he would have been in Panama, he would have been 15 years old. And so, a bunch of like actual arm, army rangers did like, like, were doing like an investigation. And as soon as he found out about it, he was like, Oh, uh, I apologize. My bad. <laughs> <laughs> so, there are at least two examples that I can think of where things didn't collaborate the way an author or a person said. However, I think it's pretty clear that my dude, Tom King, was <laughs> in the Middle East there.
3: I mean, honestly, like if he if he wasn't, it would it would only serve to prove that he's a better writer. That's true. <laughs> than we thought, He's really good at faking really complex emotions.
0: What's extremely odd is that this person wrote a letter to the CIA.
3: Right.
1: To
0: get what? an answer as to whether or not Tom King really was in the CIA.
3: This person sounds like they're kind of a little bit. Like, it's it's one thing to, like, start a conspiracy on the internet because you don't like somebody. Like, I could see someone who's like, I fucking hate Tom King and I want to discredit him or whatever, you know, like, fine. But to, like, write a letter to the CIA, like, I would hope you actually believe what you're saying. And if you do, you're kind of a nut.
1: Well, I think that's where we're, I think that's where it all boils down to, ultimately. This is a person who's so upset that Tom King is running Batman (laughs) that they're trying to ruin their life.
3: Yeah, it's just this is a this is a stupid thing, and I, it's just funny to me because whenever like my my whole issue with the idea of conspiracy theories and people actually believing them, get him, Pete, get him, and how, and how like prevalent it is on the internet is that it, it, it has like this this the the actual text that Sean read right is predicated on the idea that. Tom King, DC, and every person who knows or works with him knows about this vast lie conspiracy and and is, is okay with it. And is and is totally complicit in pushing it forward, and like shit like that rarely happens. Rarely are people or organizations yeah. so well organized that they could keep a a massive lie like this under wraps.
0: Yeah, I p p p. I I wouldn't even I don't even know that it matters whether or not DC could do it. More that it's like, why? Why would they? Yeah, if you can't even ask answer the question of why, then it falls apart, and there is no good answer for that because it doesn't make any damn sense. If he's in the CIA, great. If he's not, okay, fine.
1: Well, I think that's the assumption is that he was lying about being in the cia to boost his own profile it was like a huge talking point about him as a creator when he broke into the industry oh the former cia operative tom king is writing about you know PTSD and other kind of war related uh traumas and stuff uh and so if you were to kind of blow that open and it turns out you know he wasn't that is like a scandal because he's lying about this whole stolen valor thing
0: phil you're you're really in deep on this whole deal
1: Apparently, I didn't even read that much into it.
0: <laughs> are you a, are you a believer? No, I don't in the believe in conspiracy.
1: It. No, oh, it's, okay. it's nonsense.
2: No, he's I'm, a flat earther.
1: Well, the, listen, there are some things no, <laughs> But no, it's just like I could see why the person who did this thought like, oh, this will ruin his career.
3: Well, because the, the fucked up thing, right, is like you don't even have to convince everybody. You just have to convince some people. And there That's are a lot too. of people yeah. that already don't like Tom King and That's the reality of like how internet hate works, you know? Like, just uh, just yesterday, there's a YouTuber who Sean and I like who was involved in, like, a super minor incident with a notable creator, and it turned into this big snowball of thousands of people being like, oh, yeah, like, fuck this scumbag, like, he dragged him, like, ah, you know, it's just like, that's the culture we live in, that people want to see people torn down, and if you don't like somebody, it doesn't really matter if the thing that, that you're told that they did is real or not. If it fits your narrative of fuck. I hate that person, you can be like, oh, see, I knew it. I always knew that there was something wrong with Tom King. And that's what people really care about, or at least enough people really care about that. It doesn't matter.
1: I uh, I am like, I don't. I Even from the outset, I didn't think that, that uh, Tom that King. That Tom King
2: was part of the CIA. <laughs> that, wow, Phil.
0: Wow. No, so just everybody, <laughs> we're going on record. We believe Tom King, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Yes. yes. Of course. Okay. Phil doesn't.
2: He
5: just said
1: well, so. Well, listen, Kale. I'm going to go, go on Discord later and say I was bullied into saying that I thought Tom
3: was a I was bullied into saying that Heroes in Crisis was a bad book. Oh my goodness! <laughs> Try to
1: drag me, will you, motherfucker? Brilliant
0: clapback. Oh, failure. <laughs> oh. All right. Um, I'll just stay
2: good. down here in the mud where I
0: belong.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, don't try to drag us down there with you, Swamp Thing.
0: Kale can't get over on this show anymore. Kale's a real
1: Swamp Thing.
3: He had his time.
0: Well, I mean, that's what happens when you, when you uh, you know, play for the other team behind their backs. <laughs> oh, my.
3: And throw, God. and throw shade at the fans.
0: <laughs> yeah. He's got, he's got no, that listen, go
3: away heat.
2: Fans can go suck a dick. <laughs>
3: maybe they will
0: some of them if, probably listen, enjoy that that's if perfectly that's what fine. they're into that's fine <laughs> yeah so be careful
3: not that there's anything wrong with that exactly <laughs>
0: <laughs> uh, alright so the last bit of news before we go into our Heroes in Crisis review which was written by Tom King of course allegedly uh, is... <laughs> <laughs> that's a new theory
1: that's a new theory
3: I think Akira Yoshida actually wrote it.
0: Dan Didio is writing it. That's the theory. How
3: do we even know Tom King's a real person? Uh, I've never
0: seen him. Well, never mind. All right. So I've only
3: been in the I, same room I, as him several times. I
1: I've can't never,
0: prove
3: that he exists.
1: I've never seen him in the same room as Akira Yoshida. <laughs>
5: <laughs> okay.
0: All right. So DC at the end of all their books um at least the first this week's books I should say um have put a very nice touching tribute to Stan Stanley in the books um you know at the end of my reading of Heroes in Crisis I did come across this page which just says with the utmost respect from the distinguished competition, Excelsior, in memoriam Stanley, nineteen twenty-two to twenty eighteen, and um, just just a very nice low-key piece to celebrate a man who, you know, changed the game uh, of comics, and um, I just I just thought it was really cool that they did that.
3: I thought it was really classy, you know. Yeah, it was, it was very respectful. Yeah. It wasn't like super like cloying or like this big huge like it was just like you know like like this respect from the distinguished competition and it's like that's cool man you know
0: all right to wrap things up we're gonna talk about heroes in crisis number four this of course by tom king Ooh. clay man tom <laughs> king
3: oh okay
2: oh oh the guy who doesn't work for the cia
0: <laughs> allegedly uh Tamu Murray, clayton cows you guys know Uh, super high-quality creative team across the board. Now, we've been pretty critical of Heroes in Crisis to this point. I think um, the third was probably the one that we liked the most, and that was mostly because Kale liked it so much. Um, Or at least defended it so much. I really don't remember what the hell was going (laughs) on with that whole deal.
2: I'll say say I fought for that, and uh, uh, it wasn't worth it.
0: But I suspect...
3: (laughs) 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 fucking
1: lord that's awesome holy shit that's 2017 phil
0: (laughs) i suspect that this time around we're gonna have a different conversation so number four gets us back to where number two left us because number three was a flashback and it follows superman and batman and wonder woman talking about what's been going on and uh, batman and flash trying to figure out if they know what's going on lots of investigation work uh and i think this one had some pretty good character moments to say the least anybody want to kick it off with their their thoughts
1: wait wait who was the first superhero you mentioned
0: was it superman
1: it was ladies and gentlemen it's back for 2019 listen to that funky beat Ho ho ho, it's Bill's Funky Factoid of the Day! (laughs) Ha ha ha! In 1948 was the debut of the 15-part radio serial Superman with Kirk Allen. Which, if you listen back a few episodes, you'll hear us talk about him taking down the KKK. And, in addition to this Superman-laden day in history, in 1914, George Reeves, the actor from The Adventures of Superman 1950s TV show, was born. And that has been Funky
2: Phil's Factoid of the Day. Thank you. I hate this. I hate this fucking podcast. <laughs> yeah, me too. Why do you guys call me every week? Stop it. Oh, so yeah. What were we talking about? <laughs> what do those facts have to even do with Superman? Other than he was in the in the book? Did anyone so, like
0: Heroes of so, Crisis Number Four? <laughs> so y-
4: no, I. Uh, forgot what issue three was so i'm like what the fuck was happening i was trying to remember what was going on with the story <laughs> and then you just you, you just summarize it and like this was a flashback and then it picks up from two i'm like oh that makes sense that's like why i was remembering nothing So, <laughs> I, so like, I, I do appreciate that it does pick up like the main story and like, we get back into it and i think coming from that issue it flows into this easier than issue three did um and uh it, it, it's also kind of like trying to be like Tom King I feel like it's trying to be a little edgy in this uh series that I don't think is playing overall because it doesn't feel like genuine and uh, there's not like I don't feel yeah. like he's writing yeah. with weight and um I will say it's a lot better i i think the the story itself and the direction that it's trying to take uh especially with the reveal towards the end had me intrigued because um, it wasn't necessarily an angle that I thought they were gonna play up so. This issue was written a lot better and it was paced out uh much better as well. I think my only complaints were some of the Batman dialogue. Mm. Uh, <laughs> the the fucking I guess I gotta punch the dinosaur or something. I was like, <laughs> like there were just like smaller moments that's a, that that's been, a euphemism,
1: buddy. It that didn't
4: land for me. Yeah, I can and, tell. And and uh <laughs> I don't know, I, I I was a lot higher on this issue, but it's still not as like I wouldn't recommend this to anybody. The Damn. art I will say and I was talking to this uh with Philip like before the show, the man in this issue, he shows off like he's very gratuitous, I think. Now yep. like, that that kinda of turned me off. Like there's this yeah, one dude. shot where like with Lois? Uh, well, look. I thought I thought that that was fine. I was oh, talking I hate, like Batgirl. I hated that. Like, yeah, I, I was talking like Batgirl, and then like Harley with her booty pop.
3: Yeah, no, like it's it, it's bad. Like, and then even when like with Batgirl, like showing her wounds, like it's just it's it's like it's too much, dude. Like, and uh, I actually there's this Facebook page that I think a lot of us follows, comic book pages without context. And one of their admins actually said something where it was just like, like, this is a story about trauma. And, like, the fact that, like, there's so many, like, porn gazy shots is, like, really, really gross and, like, not tasteful at all. And, like, as much as I like his style, like, I think he draws, like, faces and bodies well. Like, it's it's way too much, dude. Like, this is, it's, it was a real turnoff for me, this, the art, this issue, I have to say. I'm blown away.
2: I think I, <clears throat> I think for
3: for me the issue
2: is the the gratuitousness of it. I think the the art is
3: phenomenal. Right. Yeah. It's not that like his art is bad at all. It's just like I like I feel like those shots are so like weird it's, and yeah.
2: inappropriate. And for me, for me, the one that speaks the most to that is is the Batgirl shot because it's like it's like I just like I don't. I don't see that
0: in that character. What Batgirl shot? What are you talking about? He's
2: talking about when she's
1: in Sanctuary showing her bullet wounds.
0: Is that like, is that what you're talking about? Yeah. 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 You guys were busy look figuring out whether or not it was appropriate. I was busy crying over the moment. I mean it's that's not wow. that I was figuring like, it out. That, it's it's been, not a it's problem. It's 30 30 like that's years. how I
3: reacted to it, you know? Like it, it I don't I I don't know, dude. Like I'm glad it worked for you, but I, it, that was, like, a really, like, that, the the way that it's posed and stuff, like, it really, like, took me out of that
0: moment, you know? She's, I don't understand. She's standing up. She's showing off her wound. What is the posing? What is, I mean, she's showing her backside. She has an ass. It's there. But she's showing her wound. What's, what's the problem?
3: It, it's just, like. It's just something about, like, the way that he... And, like, even, like, the next page, right? Like, it's just, like... It's something about the way that he is drawing their figures that it's just so, like...
2: Like, that, that first panel looks like... <laughs> it looks like she's, like, looking at you in, like, a... In... The, like a... Oh,
4: you want me to show you? I mean, like... You know, yeah. in... in like, for, me, like, no, for me, it's like, For me, it's oh, uh, the first thing I saw were boobs. It was like, oh, shit. Like, that was it.
0: But they're there. I mean, what, what do you- No, no, like- no, totally, totally. That,
4: that, that's it. But, like, um, you can look at, like, other artists and they won't draw in, like, this similar style. It's a style choice. And it's just a style choice that, like, didn't appeal to me.
0: And this costume fucking sucks, too. Phil, do you have a take?
1: <laughs> um... I don't think the Batgirl one was the most
3: uh gratuitous, I guess. No, it's Lois. That's the one that was really bad.
1: Uh Yeah, it's a whole spread, huh? Well
3: and it's just like it's just like how why is she doing that? Like they're having a conversation about like this serious topic and she's like doing this like pinup girl pose. Like, yeah, that's how people stand when they're having like a serious emotional conversation with their partner about releasing Footage of him and his colleague. You know what I mean? Like, it's just, it's weird. Like, it, it, it feels dissonant from the moment that's happening and, like, what is being said and done.
1: Although, the very next spread is a very beefcakey Superman laying in bed. <laughs>
0: yeah. Well, I mean, but that's fine. You know, yeah. we can do that all day. Well, no, we can't. It's, it, we but, can't, but it's We can't ever depict women as attractive, but we can show Superman being a super hunk and that's... No, because that's, that's not, totally not the thing, fine. though, man. It's like he's sitting in a way that people sit. Like, he's yeah. not, like,
3: fucking sitting there posing like Burt Reynolds. Are you kidding me? Look at that. What are you talking about? Yeah. No, they look like he, they're what? getting
2: ready to... F- they, they look like they're getting look ready to Look at him. So, no, so we, not in like, the one we...
3: where they're in bed. The thing that Sean's showing, it's the first panel of him. He's, he's sitting in his underwear up against... The is pillow. He's with, sexy as hell. What are I you talking yeah. I, about? I, I, I,
2: no, they I'd look, look bl- like they're getting ready to fuck. So, yeah. yeah, yeah,
1: yeah, So if we if we, we talked about with like Green Lantern how you could read that book with, without any dialogue. If I read this without any dialogue, I'd be like, Oh, Lois and Clark are about to fuck. <laughs> yeah. Like, so so there's this page where Clark's in bed, uh, lying there with, with without a shirt on, and at the bottom it's Lois like on top of Superman. I would have been like, Oh, between panel two and three
3: here, they totally fell down. Yeah. yeah. It definitely does look like that. You're right. So,
1: <laughs> for whatever that's worth.
0: So, I want to talk about the story because
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> we've been hypercritical of this story for three issues now. And I loved this issue. I don't know how. No, no reservations. I loved it. Um, and, and I, I, that's, that's fine, Kill. And I'm down to duke it out. I'm not going to go on a Discord and say I was bullied. Um, well, I might, okay? <laughs> Jesus. Um, this book... I, go ahead.
2: I clearly can't trust my friends.
0: <laughs> you said many times on this podcast that we're not friends. So there you go.
2: Well, you wonder why I go to the Longbox Discord then, huh?
0: Dude, this yeah, is the I do. Crisis, I, right? I also wonder that. <laughs> yes. In any event, just like this podcast, this issue represents these characters breaking down. Uh, <laughs> this is <laughs> this is the heroes sort of falling apart. The book opens with uh, Tempest uh, just you know in a drunken stupor. Being picked up, but I'm I'm sorry. Is that Wonder? I I don't know who she is. I I can't remember Donna Troy. Yeah, Donna Donna Troy. Troy, Thank you. Yeah, that's why she's here.
1: That's why she's talking about Troy.
0: Right, right. Um, and she picks him up, and she she you know brings him home or whatever. And um, I really I really liked that because it set the tone for what this issue goes on to be. I thought there were some really 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 great moments throughout this book. Um.
3: I really like that Even, opening moment too. Like it reminded me of like him at the bar. It reminded me of like a, like a child actor or something like that. Like when you see them kind of fall from grace. You know what I mean?
0: Yeah, yeah, sure. Is there? Especially, is, go ahead.
4: Sorry is is there like some backstory to Tempest? Because I, I that moment felt super dissonant for me. Like the 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 intro like had no relation to the to the story for me. Well,
2: I, so he's I, I, Tempest, I, 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 Tempest is Aqualat. right? All his friends he, died, a, dude. He's yeah, a, yeah oh, he's okay. a a founding Titan.
3: Yeah, and then like if you're going through that image, right, in the next scene where she's carrying him past the Teen Titans graffiti, it's like that's the two of them when they were younger, and then Wally and um uh, as uh, part of the and Titans. Roy, who are now both dead. Okay. Well, and, and Dick was shot in the head not too not that long ago. Oh, I did see so. I didn't know that. Okay.
1: You mean Richard?
2: Uh Rick. <laughs> My
3: bad. Right. So there we go. So right. So so all literally all the rest of his friends are dead. This is his one remaining friend coming and picking him up at the bar. What a freaking downer.
1: <laughs>
0: yeah. 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 Exactly. So then, uh, you know, things happen, and we get to the the Batwoman or the Batgirl page, and you know what you guys set aside about uh, the posing. <laughs> that is when a... I got when I got to this page. I didn't even think a thought. I just started crying. Because people like this character means so much to so many people. Yeah. And for her to just show her wounds the way that she did, and for there to be no dialogue other than her just saying there and there, that tore me up. In a way that I haven't I haven't been emotional like that about a comic book. In a long time. That was such a powerful moment for me. And of course. It goes on to inform. The next sequence. Which is her and Harley fighting. Which again was another powerful moment. Because these are two women. Who have dealt with a lot of pain. And trauma that is associated. With the Joker. Someone who took their power away from them. And this is them saying. We're not going to let these people. Take our power away from us. We're not going to. Lean into what people expect from us. We're gonna do more. We're gonna do better. Um, and I, I just, I just loved it. I loved it. I thought. Go ahead.
3: I really liked that scene a lot. I thought the dialogue there was really effective. I, I didn't love the, um, the art choice, like of of it just being the hands. Like I just that as like a, that that, what that was going for just didn't really like work for me on an emotional level. But I thought that. Batgirl's like kind of monologue there was was really powerful. Um, that yeah, that moment fra- really drew me in.
4: Like the fractured paneling, I think yeah. for me, kind of did it. Um, I was kind of like I was trying to figure it out. It's like okay, it's like progressing. It's like it's like, like uh, that sort of the change from the the more structured panels prior kind of threw me off.
1: This issue is the only good issue so far. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Yeah, um, it did a really good job. That that scene where Harley and Batgirl get together, I felt the actual resonance of like, oh, this this is this is survivors of a tragedy that you know normally would not get along are brought together by the most unfortunate of common grounds. And I was like, shit, that's extremely that that's that that's something that really penetrates a lot of folks. I think. Um, I really liked the next sequence here, where it's Ollie and Dinah, and yes. Dinah is at sanctuary, and she's just like, "Nope, not doing this. Fuck it." I
3: I thought that was really good too, because I think that was such a good. I I think like the one thing that we have been consistent about is even when we not have have not enjoyed the issues, a lot of times these interviews have worked for us. And most, I thought, like
1: most of the time,
3: most of the time, and I think that this was a really good. Um it, it plays into the formula that's been set up already while also breaking it down. And like that led to just like a really effective moment that was like both it's it's initially funny, but it also is very telling about her character.
1: It's very her. It's very black canary. It's that's her. She has she has no she's not gonna put up with that shit. It's not her. Um but the real highlight of this issue is the reunion of blue and gold. Uh, that I, was really good. I, I thought love that worked really Ted well. Ted Cord. And uh, Booster Gold's been real, mostly miss, a little bit hit in these last three issues before this one. Uh, this one gave him a little ground, like something, a foundation to stand on. That's his best bud, Ted Cord. I really um, liked his interview. And the two of them have, I mean, Justice League International is maybe my favorite DC comic from the 80s. It's up there, top three. Um, and those two were really the foundation of that book. Uh, and I like seeing that here. I like that Booster's in a situation that's really stressful. And he's got his rock.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I I agree with what Marco said, though, that the Batman dialogue here was <laughs> truly awful. And this is something that um, Tom does a lot, which is like, especially in his Batman yeah, yeah, run, yeah. he tries to take whatever you would expect batman to say and have him say something that's the opposite something that's way lighter something that's you know that for me takes you out of the moment i don't i don't think it works at all
4: it yeah it definitely takes you out
2: it's like it's like he he tries to give batman dry humor but it ends up like dripping soaking wet yeah
3: I, i will say the one joke that i did think Landed was I thought that the uh, the you couldn't have helped with that. Where when she like punch, when Wonder Woman punches the penny, like I thought that was funny. No, that 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 was the one one Batman line that that I thought landed for me.
5: Now,
1: Sean, when it takes you out of the moment, does it make you want to punch your dinosaur? (sighs) Yeah,
0: I want to punch Kale, sure.
1: And Phil pitches just the kidding. ball. It's down the middle. and It's out of the park. Home run. Totally
0: kidding. I I just saw it. Had to take it. Um, no, it's, it's a good shot. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, no, I just didn't. I don't believe that Batman would say these things in a moment. Like the 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 penny line was fine, but in a moment where they're finding out that this thing that matters so much to the superhero community is about to be exposed. I don't think he's making jokes. And
2: and, and that line, uh, that first bubble where he's poking Superman in the chest, where he's like, completely like he doesn't know what to say, just to me, is very
0: un-Batman-like. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, you corn fed, I mean, what what's he gonna say? Like, I, I don't know.
2: Like, yeah, like, if Batman doesn't know what to say, Batman doesn't say anything. Right? <laughs> why would he?
1: Um. Yeah, that was probably the weakest part of the issue. Is the kind of climax there?
2: I think. I think for me, uh, looking at this issue, I my problem is it feels like there's. It feels like there's too much going on, character wise.
1: There's like four different threads happening at the same time, and I'm not sure he's capable of balancing it all
2: out. It and especially the the batman superman wonder woman stuff it just it feels like it's so much like if this were just a story focusing on harley and booster i think it would work really well but you know i for me just this this whole issue was just it felt all over the place
3: yo and i mean i think even like the the scenes that the scene that we said worked right with like Green Lantern and uh and Black Can or Green Lantern, <laughs> Green Arrow and, and uh and Black Canary, it's like that that even feels like out of place, you know? It's only two pages, but like it's like there's there is just a lot going on. There's a lot of there's a lot of beats. And and none of them really go together or build off one another. You know, like it's 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 all building into the broader narratives and threads that we've set up, but as an issue. They don't not all of them have that much to do with each other.
0: I don't know that they have things to do with each other, but they have things to do with what's happened, like what happened at issue two. You know, yeah, like, yeah, definitely. And they have to they have to address what's going on. I mean, we have to follow up with with Harley, and I think throwing Batgirl into the mix makes a lot of sense. Um, this angle of sanctuary being revealed, I think, I think that that's that's where this had to go. This this yeah, had to yeah. get exposed. Um, I don't know this this one. I thought Tom did a really good job this time around, uh, delivering moments that felt like they mattered. But it still has problems for sure. It's it's still not what any of us thought it was going to be or wanted it to be. And obviously, it didn't work for you guys nearly as much as it did for me. I I but... was with you. Oh oh, I stood up for
3: you. I Church. thought it was fine. Like it, it was. It there were things about it that worked for me, but it definitely didn't. It didn't change my mind about the series overall. Right now,
4: I think it like in terms of quality. I don't think it affected my opinion, but in terms of whether or not I'm interested in the story, that at least the end it wasn't executed great, but it at least reeled me in.
0: All right, fair enough. So uh, now that you've heard us argue for two hours. Let us know what you think about Heroes in Crisis, number four. Uh, obviously, there are plenty of ways that you guys can reach out to us to do so, uh, and we always appreciate it when you all reach out to let us know your thoughts about what we talk about on the show or to share your thoughts about anything that's happening in the world of comics entertainment. Um, you can reach out to us by hitting us up on the socials at the Comics Pals. You can write to us at thecomicspals at gmail.com, and if you're watching this on YouTube, you can leave us a like, drop us a comment, share the video with your friends, and subscribe to our channel. All those things are free to do, and they help us out a lot more than they cost you. Uh, This year, we've got a bunch of new stuff coming up. We're going to have announcements about book clubs and, you know, new cool things, so stay tuned for all that. We're very excited to be jumping into the new year with you guys, and can't wait to put out more... What we believe is awesome content. So let's do some plugs. Pete.
3: Thank you guys so much for joining us here on another episode of the Comics Pals. Uh, If you guys want to get some more content from me, you can find me over on the video game Pals with Sean. uh, Where, you know, to be honest with you, uh, I don't know what we're talking about this week. There's a lot of news. It's it's, You know, we're back. It's it's January 2019. and Video game news is in full swing. So it's uh, more of your regular scheduled programming. If you're a gamer and you haven't checked the show out... Go give it a listen. It's a good time. Uh, and then I want to say this week we'll be back with more Pals Play, our Let's Play show, which is also available over on the uh, Video Game Pals YouTube channel with me and Thompson, uh, where uh, we're getting into a ton of brand new games uh, and uh, maybe doing some new format stuff. So uh, go check that stuff out, uh, again, if you're a gamer, and uh, give it a listen. And if you want to support me in my other endeavors, you can find my work over at LoopPots.com, where I am uh, the... Uh, host of the podcast, their weekly Nintendo podcast, and also, you know, write news and articles and all kinds of stuff, so you can go check some of that stuff out, and I actually did a review recently of uh, Inkypen, which is the comics reading app available on Nintendo Switch, so if you're interested in reading some comic books on your Nintendo Switch, go give that a read and see what I thought. Hell yeah, if you connect Hell Thanks, yeah. buddy. <laughs> thanks Phil uh, and if you want to connect with me on social media I'm at loud underscore Pete on Twitter and Instagram come talk to me about heroes in crisis or you know any of the other stuff we talked about this week or uh, you know whatever hit me up Kill.
2: <clears throat> you can find my comics on comicsology under panels publishing you can find them on selfie.com/ panels publishing and if you want you can get uh, uh, a physical copy on an Etsy somewhere. Great job, Kill Ward. You're really good at selling uh, you your books, me, buddy. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Toto Into. That's T O T O I N T O W. Marco.
4: You can find me at Mr. Marco Animoto on Instagram and Twitter. Uh, for those of you who follow Tapas, um, it's a comic reading app. I, am, I have just subscribed to Crips and Creeps by Chance Wyatt. I plugged his Kickstarter, I think, last year for Planetarium. Really awesome book, really cool creator, and he's releasing this D&D adventure, basically. And it's been a lot of fun. So uh, for those of you guys who are into D&D and like sort of fantasy stuff, this might be for you.
0: Phil?
1: Well, folks, we're here. It's a new year, and I'm happy to be here with you. Uh, You can find me on all social media platforms. Uh Cyborg Bebop on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, hey, this weekend was Wrestle Kingdom 13 from New Japan Pro Wrestling. Uh, talk to me about that because that show was really rad. Um, as always with Wrestle Kingdoms, you watch it and you think, man, I don't know how anyone's going to top this. Uh, it was a damn good one.
0: As for me, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram, at Sean Soapbox. Hit me up to talk about what you're excited about in the new year. And with that, we're The Comics Pile signing off. Take care, guys.
3: See you next week.
1: Bye. Pete, uh, Pete I thought that was a
3: really good episode. You. you did a great job. Thank you so much. for YouTube. Whoops. <laughs>